What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Wednesday, November 15th. I am joining you once again this afternoon from Medellin. And I know a lot of you go to my Instagram, you check it out. What am I up to? What's going on? Where am I doing the show from? I'm just trying to enjoy life. That's it. Enjoy life, watch sports, talk about sports, and sports in South Florida right now to discuss so much better than what we're used to, except for the last like 12 months or so. I mean, we're now used to excellence. And here in Medellin, where I am right now doing the show from, I will be back in South Florida this weekend, and I'll be there throughout the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm going to be playing poker at the Hard Rock, the World Poker Tours in town. But while I'm here in Medellin, I'm enjoying the food. I'm enjoying the views. Some incredible views. But last night, here's what happened. Last night, I'm getting ready for dinner. It's like around 6.30 p.m. I'm not an early bird, but I was getting ready, you know, showering and all that. I don't want to go into extreme details. I'm getting ready, and I get an alert that says Skip Schumacher won the National League Manager of the Year. So then the Marlins Communications Department, which has been fantastic, really, really good job by them. I don't know if you guys care about that or not. Probably not. Um, but they they deserve some praise. They've been great with me, especially after everything that went on like four or five years ago during the Jeter days and the British Virgin Islands and all that. The Marlins have been fantastic with me. So the Marlins... They send an email out to the media saying Skip Schumacher, not only did he win National League Manager of the Year, but he's going to be available for a Zoom news conference in about 20 minutes from now. That was last night. So here I am. I'm getting ready to go out for a nice meal with some friends. And I get this notification that Skip Schumacher is going to be available. So I said... You know, 20 minutes, I could do this. I could do this really quickly. So I set up my laptop, got ready, had the view of Medellin in the background, and I was asking a couple of questions to Skip Schumacher. That's why I love virtual. The fact that teams, you don't have to like go there in person for everything anymore. And I am able to be anywhere in the world and conduct an interview. It's fantastic. And I've been doing my show from all over the world way before COVID. But for a lot of people, it's all brand new. And for sports teams, it's new. COVID started it all. And some teams are still using Zoom for news conferences when it's really needed. And last night it was needed. So it was great. I was here in Medellin with great views in the background of like the mountains and stuff. And I posted a picture of it just so you have a better idea. It's on my IG story. So if you search Andy Slater, you'll get to see me, which is so fantastic, right? And then you'll see Medellin in the background and the jacuzzi. And it was probably... Probably one of the better looking backgrounds that I've had uh, during a Zoom conference. 
So that was my night last night. And yes, I did enjoy dinner and any activities that followed that. I'm also going to enjoy next week because it's Turkey Day. One week from tomorrow, we get to eat turkey, although you could eat turkey any day you want, but it's like legit turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, all the good stuff. So we get Thanksgiving next Thursday, and then it's all systems go to the holidays, whatever holiday it is you celebrate. I've seen lights up everywhere in South Florida, in many places already, just completely skipping uh, Thanksgiving. But I guess now that's the norm. People just go right to Christmas time. Maybe you put up some Hanukkah lights, whatever it may be. I love the holidays. Everybody's just so festive, joyous, in a good mood. The only thing bad about the holidays, and I'm not talking about if you have family issues, but what's bad about the holidays is traffic. You don't want to go near a mall. Of course not. I guess a lot of people do shopping online nowadays anyway. So we're eight days away from Thanksgiving, and we'll have a lot of football on Thanksgiving, of course. We'll have great food, family fun, and uh, then it'll be time to start thinking about, okay, what am I going to buy this person and that person? And then before you know it, it'll be New Year's Eve. We'll be celebrating going into 2024. Holiday time goes so quickly. I know like three or four days before Christmas, It seems like the last five to 10 years, I'm saying, I can't believe Christmas is in four days from now. It's wild. So South Florida, sports-wise, what do we have coming up? The hurricane season doesn't have that much left in it, which is probably a good thing. This is actually the last double football weekend in Miami, or Miami Garden, shall I say. Both the Hurricanes and Miami Dolphins are at home at Hard Rock Stadium. Now, we know the Dolphins have plenty of games left, and perhaps you would think playoff action. The Canes, they're done. On the college side at Hard Rock Stadium after this, it'll be the Orange Bowl, and that's it. But as far as the Dolphins are concerned... And I'll be getting into the Dolphins this hour. I'll get into the Dolphins tomorrow. I'll get into the Dolphins on Friday. We would, I think it's safe to say, expect. This is really expected now. I think it should be expected, and I think it is, that we will get a playoff game for the Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium. I cannot remember being on the airwaves in almost 16 years I've been doing this show. I cannot remember ever in a season during week 11. We're at week 11 now. Tomorrow starts week 11. I've never thought to myself or said on the air, it should be expected that the Miami Dolphins have a home playoff game. Week 11, this is what we're talking about. But when you look at the Dolphins' schedule, you look at the Dolphins' team, the Miami Dolphins, and I said this last week, they should be, they're 6-3 they're and three right now, they should be either 10-4 and four 
or 11-3, and winning their next five games in a row by the time they get into their final three games of the season, which are going to be the most difficult ones they have. They really can win their next five in a row. If they don't, the only game, and I said I'll get into the Dolphins later, and I will. I'm not going to do it now because I haven't even officially started the hour. But when I look at that schedule, the only game I see on there where I say to myself, maybe the Dolphins don't win this one would be at Washington. And you may think, come on, the commanders aren't that good. And you're right, but... It's a road game. Sam Howell, not that bad. The Dolphins should absolutely win that game. They'll be favored in that game. But that's the only one when I look at that schedule where I say, if the Dolphins are not going to win their next five, which game is it they would lose? And that would be the only one. And even if that were to happen, I think the Dolphins would be cool with being 10-4. and four. Final three games of the season, you're 10-4. and four. You just got to hope they can beat the Cowboys or they can beat the Ravens or, or both of them. And then the Bills, the final game of the season, and we talked about it yesterday with the Bills firing Ken Dorsey as if he was the problem, but McDermott there in Buffalo has got to do something. The, the Dolphins, they've got this division. Come on. It's, it's right there. I mean, there's no excuse for the Dolphins to not win the AFC East. So I got to start somewhere this hour. We haven't started yet. And I'm not going to start with the Dolphins. I'll get to the Dolphins, but I'm not going to start with them. I've got another idea. Something else I want to bring up. But I can't until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. I want to begin here on Wednesday, November 15th, right in the middle of football season. I want to start by discussing Skip Schumacher. You know how I feel about baseball. I love baseball. baseball. I could do a baseball-centric show every day. I'm not going to do that. I know the audience. I know what South Florida is into, especially here in the middle of November. But I feel like I have to start with the Marlins because it's quite an achievement for Skip Schumacher to win National League Manager of the Year, his first season ever as a Major League Manager. What did he achieve? The Marlins, they were outstanding in one-run games. Can you say that was managing? Are you going to say it was luck? Is it both? I don't have the answer to it, but I do think Skip's goal of building a culture, it worked. I think it's very safe to say that Skip Schumacher built a culture with this Marlins clubhouse. This team, they were professional. There wasn't much wackiness in the clubhouse, at least that I heard about. You didn't have somebody in the clubhouse putting on a red nose and passing red noses around and having a clown horn because that's happened before. 
you didn't have arguing and all of these closed-door meetings where people aren't liking each other because that's happened before. This Marlins team played hard all of the time, and they earned the right to have the general manager make moves at the trade deadline to bolster the team, and we're talking about a small market team. They earned that right. It wasn't given to them. They earned it. The Marlins played well enough to where Kim Ang had to do something. She had to add to the roster and make the moves she did. Bringing in my lookalike, Jake Berger, and also Josh Bell. They brought in bats, it made a difference, and it got the Marlins over the hump. What's funny about the Manager of the Year award, it's sort of a slap in the face to the Marlins roster. It's a great achievement for Skip Schumacher, but when you think about it, look at the Atlanta Braves. Their manager, Snitker, he was up for the award. The Braves won 104 games. So Atlanta wins 104. The Marlins eke into the postseason. They get a wild card spot. And remember, this is strictly a regular season award. So what the voters were saying is, it's way more impressive to win 80-something games with the Marlins than it is to win 104 with Atlanta. It's sort of like winning the most improved award. It's a nice award, but in order to win it, first you have to stink. So I see it as a bit of a slap in the face to the Marlins roster, but to the manager, it's not a slap in the face at all. It's essentially saying, hey, you're the difference maker. You're a huge part of why this team won 80-something games and got a wild card spot. Because if it was all about the roster, well, then Skip Schumacher probably wouldn't have won NL Manager of the Year. Because, again, the Braves, they were incredible. They won 104 games. It's a regular season award. It's got nothing to do with them getting bounced out of the postseason. And their manager, Snitger, he didn't win the award. That's voters saying the reason the Braves won 104 is because of their talented roster. The reason the Marlins won more than 80 games and got into the postseason it's because they don't have that good of a roster, but they had a really good manager. I don't think the Marlins will be as good next year as they were this season. And there's a few reasons for that. Sandy's out for the year, so the pitching's not going to be as good. And I know he didn't have a Cy Young season just now, but still, you have your ace gone before spring training, out for the season, that's not good. And then secondly, those one-run games, that's not really a strategy. Skip even talked about how he and his coaches would sit in the dugout down by three runs in the eighth and start to look at each other like, okay, here we go again. So could the Marlins actually have all of that magic 
all of those one-run victories next season as well, odds are probably not going to happen. I think back to the COVID season when Don Mattingly, he won manager of the year then. It was a 60-game schedule. He deserved it. He managed the most random lineups in the world. (laughs) He got him to a postseason spot, and they even won a series. But then things picked up as normal. The Marlins regressed, and they wound up moving on from Don Mattingly. Do I think this is page one in Skip Schumacher building a long-term culture in South Florida and staying with the Marlins like year after year after year? You know on this show I'm always all about honesty. I don't believe that. I think Skip Schumacher is getting his feet wet as a manager. It's his first ever managing gig. And he was given this opportunity with the Marlins. But what happens if next season the St. Louis Cardinals job opens up? Middle of the year, let's say it opens up or after the season, skips on a two-year contract with Miami. He just won manager of the year for the National League. You don't think Skip Schumacher would be interested in the Cardinals job? He didn't spend his entire career with the Cardinals, but he's known as, okay, he's like a Cardinals lifer. So I I would think Skip Schumacher would go there. There's no denying that Skip did a very nice job this year with the Fish, and it was fun to watch them make that postseason run. I'm just looking at this realistically. Skip Schumacher is someone who's trying to build up his resume. Why wouldn't he be? This was his first ever year managing a big league ball club. He's just getting his career started. Sure, he's fully committed to the job for right now, and he did a fine job year one. But the way I see this long term, I would actually be shocked if in two years from now he was the Marlins manager. I really would be surprised because he's going to get he's going to get offers. People will talk to him, his agent, whatever it may be, tampering or anything, I don't know. And you just look at that money Craig Council got with the Cubs. I'm not saying Skip will get that immediately, but I think Skip has shown he's an up-and-coming, really good manager. You look at the NBA, what, what's crazy is, look at, look at another manager slash coach, head coach Eric Spolstra. Spo is the second longest tenured coach in the league. He's the longest in the Eastern Conference. He's got two championships as a head coach. One is an assistant. He's a future Hall of Famer, probably the next coach of USA Basketball. Eric Spolstra, not once has he won Coach of the Year. How crazy is that? Early in Spoh's career, he had LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. So it's going back to like that Braves example. You got the big three. The Heat are winning. They're winning big. And Spoh's not getting the credit. Like, oh, anybody could coach the big three. I don't think that's true. I mean, sure, it's really about the big three, but you got to be able to handle the big three and be able to put together that plan 
and keep everybody together. So he was never getting credit for the success of the big three. But he would have gotten a lot of blame, and he did get blame when things or games didn't go as planned. But credit? Heck no. And then by the time the big three era was over, Spo still had Wade. He still had Bosch. And it became a thing where people just sort of took his greatness for granted. Like, it was just a given. Oh, yeah, it's a given that he's really good. But as far as a coach of the year, it's just, it's it's never him. Spo is smart. He's prepared. The Heat, yeah, they have a way of playing and they have a culture. And a lot of that has to do with Spo. His teams play with varying degrees of effort during the regular season. We know that. Heat fans get frustrated at times. But when it comes to the playoffs... Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. They are tough. They are together. They're always difficult to eliminate. It is never easy to knock out an Eric Spolstra coach team. And in the end, that's what matters. The regular season, sure, it matters for seeding. You don't want to have to play on the road all those tough games like they did last season, even though they got to the NBA Finals. A lot of that has to do with Eric Spolstra. I want to get into the Miami Heat a lot more. I haven't really done that because we've been so football-centric. And then Skip Schumacher just won National League Manager of the Year. But there are things that I do want to discuss with this Heat team that are, I'd say, a little bit surprising right now in a good way. I'll get to that in just a few moments. You guys should get to Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood where today the Rock and Roll Poker Open began. And it started with a $2 million guaranteed tournament. It's only 400 bucks to buy in. And you could buy into that tournament through Saturday. For all of the information on all the events, because they don't just have that event going on, it's got a $2 million guaranteed prize pool, but they got the World Poker Tour in town, the main event coming up with a $3 million guaranteed prize pool, all different types of buy-ins. Here's what you do. Go to this site, SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. You go to that site, you'll see all of the information, all the updates, the action going on in the ballroom right now. So many tables. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino is the place to be for poker right now in the entire world. All of the poker players that you see on television, they are there playing. You could meet them, you could play with them, and hopefully even take their chips. Visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. Be part of the Rock and Roll Poker Open going on right now. It started today at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I was just talking about Eric Spolstra. He's never won Coach of the Year. Skip Schumacher just wins NL Manager of the Year. And the reason Spo never wins, I guess the NBA voters feel like it's the Heat's roster getting the job done, and not necessarily Spo, but come on. You look at the Miami Heat right now, incredibly, 
This team is on absolute fire. He's on fire. Just like the old NBA jams. It's the whole team, not just the player. They have now won six games in a row. That's called a winning streak. In Charlotte last night, they close out the road trip 4-0, and and they do this without Tyler Hero and without Caleb Martin. You talk about two guys who are vital to this team and the Heat's rotation. They're getting this done without them. For the Miami Heat, it's just a matter of next man up. That's something you hear in sports a lot. Okay, it's just next man up. But with the Miami Heat, it really is next man up. And that next man up seems to always do a great job. So the next man up is Jaime Jaquez Jr. Jaime Jaquez Jr. is so ready for the NBA. I don't follow college careers. I don't follow high school basketball. But when Jaime Hawkins Jr. was drafted by the Heat, I think a lot of us were seeing his highlights for the first time, unless you're just big time into college basketball or you're an NBA draft guru. And we saw his highlights, and I know I said after seeing them, this guy looks like he is NBA ready. Now, of course, when you see highlights, you're going to see the best of the of his time. You're not going to see bad highlights. But he just looked like he was NBA ready. And now you watch him playing these games. Heck, the Heat are playing him for the entire fourth quarter. Do you know what that means? It means three weeks into his NBA career, he's high enough on Eric Spolstra's trust tree to get the most important minutes of the game. It's incredible. Three weeks into this guy's NBA career. Then you combine what Jaime Jaquez Jr. is doing on the floor with Haywood Highsmith. Haywood is the latest and greatest development project from the Heat. Haywood Highsmith provides so much for this team He checks so many boxes. He's really good at defense. He's an improving outside shooter. He's got a really good game. He's a good player. And I know Heat fans were upset when the organization let Max Struess and Gabe Vincent go. I thought Gabe Vincent would be a very big loss. I saw Gabe getting better and better and better. And you would think, okay, maybe the Heat would be able to put somebody else into the mix, but you're not so sure. This organization is all about next man up. This organization knows what they're doing. They knew what they had. Now, when you let Struess and Gabe walk, you've never seen Jaime Hawkins Jr. in an NBA game before. But you kind of see what's out there, what's going on, and now Jaime Hawkins Jr. gets drafted by the Heat and becomes a key rotation player. Josh Richardson is back, and it looks like he's getting more and more comfortable. 
it's a nonstop cycle of finding contributors. It's all about the next man up. And last night, Jimmy finally looked like Jimmy. He hasn't had a ton of games like that. He had the buzzer beater before the half. He had his mid-range game working. It was a solid Jimmy performance. And they haven't needed a ton of it, but when you have all the role guys doing their thing and then Jimmy shows up at the same time, forget it. I know it's very early in the season, but this Heat team, they look really good. This winning streak, which is longer than any streak that they had last season in route to the NBA Finals, this streak is real. That's called a winning streak. It's very real. And I think it's indicative of the type of team they plan to be. I don't see this as a fluke. The Miami Heat, they're good. And it would appear they're not quite coasting, at least not yet. You got a long NBA season. So it doesn't matter exactly when you get hot. During the 82-game schedule, it, like it's, it's nice to, to bank wins because so many games just bank them. Post them early and often. Because we know there's going to be a stretch or two or maybe even three where guys are down or the team is not playing well. So any time when you can get hot during an 82-game season, take it. Grab those Ws. You got 82 games. If the Miami Heat want to rip off a bunch of wins before the calendar turns to 2024, that is perfectly fine. You got to get those Ws somewhere, and when you can get them all in a row, just continue to stay hot. Getting wins right now is the same as getting wins in March. If you lose some games in March, be thankful that you won some games in November because if you lose games in November, then you really need them in March. The hope is, okay, we know we're getting these Ws now from the Heat in November, and if you can also get them in March, fantastic. Now you're looking at a much higher seed. Not necessarily a one seed, but just pile up those Ws. There's a bunch of number one seeds, all number one seeds, at Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. You will be surrounded by gorgeous. All you have to do is head on over to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, and see it for yourself if you haven't already. And I know a lot of you have. Beautiful women from all over the world. That is what you'll find at Dean's Gold. That is why Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club. You want to watch a game at Dean's Gold tomorrow night? You got a football game? No matter what the score is, you will never be bored. You'll be entertained during every timeout. Heck, tomorrow night, you can even have your own halftime show. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 in the morning. Head on over to Dean's Gold. They're located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street at Biscayne Boulevard. That's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with gorgeous ladies who come from all over the world. There's only one place in South Florida you could do that. Only one building. It is the ultimate gentleman's club. Dean's 
gold. So this is the last double football weekend we've got at Hard Rock Stadium. We know the Dolphins are playing the Raiders on Sunday. And the University of Miami, they're taking on Louisville on Saturday. I hope I'm saying Louisville right. I was told once because people say Louisville. And like anyone from Louisville will hear Louisville and just go off on the person. But I believe it's Louisville. If you're from that place, that city, then you know what I'm talking about. And I I may not be 100% correct there, so my apologies. But that is who the University of Miami is taking on in their home finale on Saturday. It is senior day, Louisville is a top 15 team in the country. And you would think, okay, senior day, home finale, taking on a top 15 team in the country, this is going to be a popular game. People are going to want to go to this game. So how do I gauge interest? I go to the secondary ticket market. And I look in the secondary market at what the price is going for. And the get-in price for Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday, just to get in, it's less than 10 bucks. Now, we've seen worse. We've seen less than like $2, which would mean $1, plus some fees. But less than 10 bucks. That's brutal. When we talk about areas where Mario Cristobal can grow the program, I would say if he can get Hurricanes fans to care about this football team in the middle of November, that would be fantastic. Because it looks like people are just done with them. They're over it. And they're over it because they've lost four games. They just lost to FSU. They didn't get blown out, but they didn't win the game. Tyler Van Dyke, there's zero excitement with him. There's just no juice around this game at all. So if Mario can get a fan base going in the middle of November, that would be a fantastic step. But here we are. It's November 15th. They play in a few days from now. And you could go to a game, the home finale, against the top 15 team in the country and buy your ticket for less than $10. When you think about Saturday's game, what's the consequence? Okay, you might be a diehard Canes fan. If they win this game, they're 7-4. and four. Like, hooray. Like, is that what you're going to the game for? They're 7-4 and four if they win this game. These games, they, they got to mean something for people in South Florida, particularly in Miami, to care. Especially nowadays, we've had all of this success going on in Miami and throughout South Florida. So much is going right. We're used to talking about a lot of winning. We're used to talking about progressing into the playoffs and doing well. There's been so much winning around every team and every program. The Canes getting a participation trophy in the ACC, it's not going to cut it. 
Yeah, they have players who are worth the price of admission on defense, at least. They've got four legit studs. Bain, Taylor, Kitchens, Williams. Those four dudes on defense, they're future NFL players. And Mario, he gets credit for bringing those guys in. The problem is they need more of them. You want to see a team full of those types of guys. Because then your record is going to be better. And that means people will care enough in the middle of November to come out to your home finale. Nobody's buying a ticket saying, I can't wait to see Tyler Van Dyke. I think we've seen enough. I think people are saying I'm selling my ticket because I don't want to see Tyler Van Dyke. That has come to the point where it's time for a breakup. Tyler needs the transfer portal, and the Hurricanes do too. They need a new QB. For whatever the reason is, TVD's best days, they were his first days, and that's it. He came out like gangbusters, and then he just got worse and worse and worse. I don't know why, but... I think it's very fair to believe and to say that there is not a Hurricanes fan in the country or the world that is excited to see Tyler Van Dyke getting more snaps. Fans are going to flock to Hard Rock Stadium, but that'll be for Sunday's game because you're excited to see Tua get snaps. You're excited to see Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle, the Dolphins' improved defense. Devon Achan. You see, that's excitement. The Canes, people just selling tickets because there's no excitement in the middle of November around that program. That's the way it used to be with the Dolphins. But they were able to change that. And now the University of Miami has got to find a way to do the same. Some of you are trying to find a way to have your financial future in a better place. That's why I keep telling you about Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth is there to help you. It will actually cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth, and they're located locally in Palm Beach. You might be thinking about early retirement. Do you have a chance at early retirement? Contact Trajan Wealth because they will design the best plan for you based on your objectives. They will do everything they can to help you out. Maybe you will be able to retire early. Maybe that goal you have for your future, it can happen. It's not so far-fetched. Contact Trajan Wealth and don't wait. Visit TrajanWealth.com, that's TrajanWealth.com, or if you want to pick up the phone and call them, you could do it too, 561-390-1000, that's 561-390-1000. Let Trajan Wealth start to help you right now. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Normally, right at this time on a Wednesday, Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Highway Patrol joins me 
Today, though, Lieutenant is in Tallahassee. He's got some important meetings going on. I told him, hey, this meeting is the most important. Tell the big boss to wait. But that's not exactly what happened. So uh, no Lieutenant Camacho today. I will talk with him next Wednesday right before the Thanksgiving holiday. So I would have asked Lieutenant, does he have one of those parade routes set up for the Dolphins yet? Just in case the Miami Dolphins should win this football game on Sunday and every game that they should have won so far, they have. They are coming off of a loss, but it was a while ago. They had their bye week and the rest of the conference during their bye week essentially lost. The entire division lost. So you got the Miami Dolphins at home going up against a West Coast team, one that's coming in for a 1 p.m. kickoff. There are so many reasons the Dolphins should lay the smackdown on the Raiders, but this is a feisty Las Vegas team. They are playing a lot better since Antonio Pierce took over as their head coach. When it comes to the Dolphins, I think back to the last 25 years of the franchise, whenever things appear to be going so right, They've always managed to find wrong. I feel like this year is going to be different. Here they are. They've got all the momentum in the world. They can have a huge second half of the season. You have a big playoff run. You host a playoff game. There's a lot of good going on with this Dolphins team. Will they be able to handle all of this good? Because there's a lot of good. You're supposed to have this competition around you in your division, and it's not there. It's going to require elite focus from everybody. It requires the Dolphins to truly block out any outside noise. All the people saying they're in the driver's seat, like I'm talking about, and all of you, they got to block it out. You have a good day of practice, then you go out and have a good day of practice tomorrow, a good one Friday, a good walk through Saturday, play well on Sunday. I know it sounds simple, but it's not easy in this era where we're all on social media, the players are on social media, the news cycles 24-7. Everyone in that locker room, they could try to block it out. They could tell you they're blocking it out, but they hear everything. They know this is a game where they're supposed to win it, and they know they're up a game and a half in their division. They know Buffalo is a hot mess. They know everything is there for the taking, and it is. They just can't get in their own way. This year's team has a chance, if they focus and execute, to be one of the best Dolphins teams with the best outcome that we have seen in a long time. Some of us, the best that we've ever seen in our life. That's all the time I've got for this Wednesday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.